नमस्ते फ्रेंड्स टू आर वर्ड्स ऑफ विजडम ज्ञान गंगा प्रोग्राम विच वी बीम ऑन आ विराट हिंदुस्तान संगम सोशल मीडिया चैनल्स ऑन एवरी संडे एट एट पी एम टूडे वी आर बैक विद डॉक्टर सुब्रमण्यम स्वामी डिस्कसिंग अ न्यू सब्जेक्ट वेरी इंपॉर्टेंट सब्जेक्ट दैट इज द तमिलनाडु टेम्पल अंडर सीज अवे आउट Dr. Swami will be discussing the next one hour this issue that is created a lot of interest and a uh, lot of protest in Tamil Nadu, and uh, we will be having a discussion with past case history and uh, other things on this show for the next one hour. Dr. Swami has been consistently fighting the Hindu temple takeover against by the state governments. and a very celebrated case which a judgment came in 2014 known as the dr subramanian swami versus the state of tamil nadu which is regarding the famous sabanayagram chidambaram temple that is in the town of chidambaram the sabanayagram temple he has been associated with the challenge to the tirupati temple takeover in andhra dr swami has also challenged the kerala devasanam board Uh, uh, of temples, especially the Padmanabha Swami Temple issue, the matter is now in the Supreme Court. He has recently challenged the BJP government in Uttarakhand temple takeover of the ancient and sacred temples in the sacred uh, state or the Dev Bhumi of Uttarakhand. And even in the recent, there was a case of Gokarna Temple of Tamil uh, Karnataka. Dr. Swami has been active. in opposing this temple takeover in the supreme court so all these issues dr swami will tell us today in a detailed way i have to thank my co-host ramesh swami and professor arvind chaturvedi for their weekly support and our technical team led by ashish shetty tejas navalgul from pune gadgi rakesh from karnataka ishwar ayer from maharashtra swami nathan from tamil nadu and vishal mehta from maharashtra for their support in putting this uh, weekly program together i also have to inform you that last week we had a very important discussion on taliban afghanistan uh, pakistan and china with uh, professor brahma chelani and uh, i am happy to note that we had a record viewership of 1 lakh 16000 plus viewers on our limited last week we had some constraint because we did it on a different platform but still we had a 116000 viewership so i thank our viewers across the globe especially in the 129 countries who watch our program on sunday so with this word it is over to dr swami to continue and tell us about his crusade on freeing the Hindu temples from government control. Over to Dr. Swami. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Jagdish. Um, actually, there are many more <laughs> cases uh, also pending. Uh, the Kashi Vishwanath case is uh, pending in, uh, in the Supreme Court uh, because of Corona. I couldn't get it listed just now. And then Tirupati, I have one fifty percent by. Mutual consent. Uh, the Tirupati, the, the Jagan government has agreed uh, with me to 
have the accounts of the Tirupati temple audited by CAG. That's the first, first such example in the country. And I think every state must now uh, accounts the accounts of the temples and where they have taken over uh, through the their that act uh, Hindu um, uh, Hindu um, uh, religious foundation etc uh, act uh, so it's a very great scandal that uh, the only uh, religions uh, institution religious institution taken over by government happen to be uh, the Hindus. There's not a single case uh, of a uh, Muslim mosque or, uh, or a, their, one of their institutions being taken over or uh, any church or any Christian organization. And uh, it was the British idea that since the temples were become, had becoming a center for uh, freedom struggle uh, to destroy it. And um, and uh, so they decided to squeeze it, make the pujaris poor. Uh, you know, they're deprived of money. In fact, a large number of temples in most parts of India cannot even hold hold a puja because they don't have money unless somebody comes and gives them the money to hold the puja. So anyway, um, the topic uh, you have announced, I see, is Tamil Nadu temples under siege, a way out. So two crucial words in it, siege and a way out. So I'll divide my lecture into two parts. First, I'll deal with the siege that is taking place in, in Tamil Nadu. And, uh, and then, of course, the way out. Um, uh, as you know that um, uh, I'll come to it, but uh, they have already been, I've already in the past uh, been involved in uh, the temple issue in Tamil Nadu and be victorious. I'll tell you a bit about it very soon. But let me say one thing, that uh, this uh, uh, first word siege is absolutely true for Tamil Nadu. And the word, uh, according to Webster Dictionary, means a very seriously attacked, if uh, sometimes by violence, and surrounded. Uh, that is, you when you surround something, and then you attack it uh, violently, uh, that's called a siege. Uh, so um, uh, the temples of Tamil Nadu are uh, under attack. There's no doubt. It's, uh, the history is like that. And, uh, and uh, it began essentially with the Dravida movement uh, led by Periyar, uh, 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 as they call him, uh, E.B. Ramaswamy Nayakar. Although uh, Periyar had justification for his anger with the upper caste because they isolated him, they sidelined him, and then he took to this. And one indication of this is that his father was a very religious person. He had built a temple uh, in Erode and uh, told his son that, listen, uh, once I die, you are going to look after this temple and see that it is uh, properly run. And uh, despite all his anti-Tamil activities, um, E.V. Ramaswamy Nayakar uh, had looked after that temple so well that he used to get the first prize every year for cleanliness and uh, you know, accessibility and so on. 
So, I mean, it's a, uh, the, uh, I am not defending or attacking any particular community because there have been faults on both sides. But I would like the temples to be protected because we are a 80% Hindu country. And these have been targets of invaders. And it's time we had a renaissance in our temples. And so wherever I find any atrocity, including in where BJP government is there, I go to court to see that relief is provided. So in the case of uh, Tamil, Tamil Nadu, uh, um, uh, Karunanidhi had a great uh, dream that he will, um, he will be able to take over uh, the Sabhanayagar Nataraj temple in the town of Chidambaram. Uh, and uh, he finally uh, succeeded in, uh, in the late, uh, you know, the, um, in the, uh, in the uh, late years of uh, 1990s. And uh, uh, then I, uh, I was asked by Dayan and Saraswati to take it up because the uh, Pujaris, who are called Dikshitas, uh, they lost in the single judge before the single judge of the high court and the division bench. And uh, they felt they had no money to come to Delhi. So Swami Dayananda Saraswati told me to take it up. And I told him, I've not been involved in at all in this matter. How will I suddenly enter in the Supreme Court? And the Supreme Court laughed me out and probably even fined me if necessary. He said, you don't worry, I'm praying for you, you go. And I did, and <laughs> lo and behold, big surprise I got. I'll just tell you how the Supreme Court has regarded my petition in a minute. But let me read something from long time ago in 1959, SCC. I think the case of judgment was given in 1958. By the time they published it, it went to the, uh, it was in August uh, of 1958, the judgment was given by the Supreme Court. Uh, by a three-judge bench, and uh, it is uh, the title of that is Veera, Veera Badran Chatiyar versus E. V. Ramaswamy Naika. Now, what happened is, I'll tell you, this is a typical DMK strategy, DK strategy. E. V. Ramaswamy Naika went to a shop, paid money out of his pocket, and uh, bought a Ganesha. Then he called a public meeting and he took this Ganesha and he said, all of you here who are Bhaktas, just watch what I'm going to do. And he, it was made out of clay, of course, and he threw it on the ground. It broke into pieces and he said, nothing has happened to me. Where is Ganesha? And he, he made fun of that. So uh, somebody filed a case. He lost in, uh, in, the, in the lower levels in, uh, in Tamil Nadu and finally went to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court, uh, Ram Swami Gnaika's lawyers said this was something he bought. He paid money for it. It was his property. It was just a clay Ganapati. He didn't go to a temple and do it. He took it, it was his private property, he took it home, and then he brought it to a public function and did it. So the Supreme Court said something very important, and I think Mr. Stalin should realize that. This is uh, in, uh, in the 1959 Supreme Court reports uh, thing, and uh, on page, starting on page 1211. And I'll just read a small part. Um, 
the first thing the court says is, as a result of these considerations by us, it must be held that the courts below have erred in their interpretation of the crucial words of section 295 of the Indian Penal Code. Now, I'm going to read that also. It's uh, something that you have to remember and tell all these DMK guys who come and trouble you. 295, I'll file an FIR on you on that. And then it says, after admonishing, if there is a recurrence of such foolish behavior, what is the foolish behavior? Taking the Ganapati in a public meeting and throwing it on the ground and said, where is your Ganapati? Which the court says, there is, if there is a recurrence of such a foolish behavior on the part of any section of any community, we have no doubt that those charged with the duty of maintaining law and order will apply the law in the sense which we have interpreted the law. That is, Section 295 is a very, very, you know, wide-ranging uh, uh, section. And if I can uh, read out for you uh, just one line of that section, offenses relating to religion. This is in the uh, Indian Penal Code. And it says, 295 is injuring or defiling place of worship with the, in, in, with the intent to insult the religion of any group. And it says, whoever destroys, damages, or defiles any place of worship or any object held sacred by any class of persons with the intention thereby insulting the religion of any class of person with the knowledge that any class of person like to likely to consider such destruction, damage, as an insult to the religion, shall be punishable with imprisonment of either description for a term which may extend to two years with a fine or with both. Now, this is an extraordinary thing. And what does it say in, in its thing? Uh, repeat the key phrase I'm telling you. Uh, if Whoever destroys or damages, defies any place of worship or any object held, now listen carefully, held sacred by any class of persons, who, who according to whom is it sacred? Not according to Pariyar. Um, uh, 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 he was not here in the car. Uh, Naika did not hold Ganapati sacred. But the people, a class of people, not even the whole Hindu population, a class of persons, um, you know, holding that this is sacred, then no matter how much, what defense you have, it doesn't matter. You are punishable and sent to jail for two years with a fine. This is the law. And it is not being applied in Tamil Nadu at all. And I'm warning all politicians of the DMK, please be careful. Don't speak about Hindu religion in bad words because I will file a case. If the others are all cowards and they're all, I, I, in fact, I find most of the our BJP people have all disappeared. I don't see them anywhere in the action. Only RSS and Vishwanthu Parishad is active and with the Hindu Munani. But BJP nowhere. And they should appeal to the center, please use Section 295 and send these people to jail. Because this is a cognizable offense. So even if you have not been convicted, you can be kept in jail. 
at least I didn't bail, like I put Sonia Gandhi and Rahul Gandhi in bail. I said, no, no, I need not send them to jail because, you know, pointless having them and with all the Bhajan, Bhajan Mandalis sitting outside your jail. It's a waste of time. Uh, let me convict them and send them to jail. So, therefore, anyone says anything, please keep a tape recording of that or a camera photo or a video and then have one of the lawyers go and file a complaint in the police station saying Section 295 has been violated. So, and uh, how do you, why is it violated? Because we Hindus feel insulted by it. It doesn't matter if they think there's nothing to be insulted. Even the police cannot decide whether they were, could, it is a, it's an offense or not. If a group of people say, then that is it. So, this is the first point I want to make about siege. The siege is there because you Tamil Hindus in Tamil Nadu are, are what, pussycats. You are, uh, you know, you don't have the guts to stick up, uh, stand up to these people and start saying, oh, you know, uh, somebody should do this, somebody should do that. Nobody is going to do anything till you as Hindus stand up. And I also, I did it for uh, Sabarnaikar because Acharya, I mean, our great uh, saint, uh, Dhanan Saraswati, whom I had extraordinarily high regard, he told me, do it for me. And even though I told him I have no chance, having not appeared in the lower courts, how can I go to the Supreme Court? They will say, who are you? Why have you come now? And uh, But he said, no, I will give you blessings. And that's how uh, I, I won that case. I will tell you more about that judgment in a minute. So, first point is it. Second is that in Tamil Nadu, the number of Tamil temples under government control is much more in a ratio sense than any other part of India. The whole of India, the total number of temples under government control, total number under government control is 4 lakhs. And how much is it in Tamil Nadu? 45,000. Which means what? Uh, more than, uh, you know, more than 10%. Uh, and the population of Tamil Nadu as a ratio of the total population of India is only 6%. So 6% population, but 10% of the temples have been taken. And they've been taken in for years and years and years. And I'll come to that also. There is a time limit under the law. And that uh, we, we must understand that, you see. So, therefore, the, um, uh, uh, the Tamil Nadu is a terrible situation. Now, of course, there are other allegations that they have looted the money, they have eaten it. Unless you can prove it, it's no use going on crying about it. Uh, in the Sabanayakar case, I only said that they have no right because there is not a single... Uh, 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 you know, uh, prosecution, uh, uh, FIR of any any misuse of uh, resources. Those uh, dictators are full-time pujaris and descended. There's a whole family, and they are bhaktas of uh, Shiva, and therefore we can't do it. And they, uh, you know, the usual the DK produce some some fellow who said I was turned around, I was kicked out because I was not a Brahmin. All nonsense goes on. But all that, you know, the Supreme Court dismissed the thing. Oh, you know, we don't care for all this. So, therefore, 
Tamil Nadu is pretty, uh, you know, this is a pretty bad case. Third point I want to make on this siege business is Article 25 and 26 deal with religion. And uh, this, uh, this religion, this article say very simply, you have a fundamental right to pursue your religion and also set up institutions like temples or churches or uh, mosques. And because nobody, no government can interfere unless the secular aspects of the temple, there is some mismanagement. And that is, what is the secular aspect? They collect money from the public and that money from the public should be accounted. So I am saying that the government of the day cannot decide whether the accounts are being properly done or not. And therefore, in Tirupati case, when I filed it, I must say to the credit of Jagan, all these crazy guys are going around at the instance of uh, Chandrababu Naidu to say he's a Christian, he's this, he's anti-Muslim, he's anti-Hindu, and you know, he's taken over, uh, they put Jesus Christ photo on that. I've got a defamation case also, which I filed. Um, a newspaper claimed it, it was not true. But he told, he so told the court through his advocate general that uh, Swami has two pleas. One is that Tirupati should be freed and we, uh, we have not made up our mind whether to agree with that. But the second prayer that the accounts of the Tirupati have not been audited by any independent auditor. And therefore, that audit, auditing, Dr. Swami wants the CA. CAG to do it, not the government, because the government is the culprit. How can they do the auditing? So therefore, these, uh, the, um, um, we are in agreement, and we will agree that uh, Tirupati accounts will now be audited by the CAG. So it's a big step, first step in the whole of India. I want the whole country to do it. As, uh, I'll bring that in Tamil Nadu also very soon when I get time from my, free from my other cases. Uh, so, therefore, uh, let me say one thing. You can't just take a, a temple because you issued a geo. What nonsense is that? You can't do that. You have to make a case. And as the Supreme Court says, I'll read out in a few moments. But the fact is that in Tamil Nadu, everything is arbitrary. Uh, somebody comes to power, he does it. Somebody comes to power, he's a little diluted, the Dravida movement. So he does it a little less, but they all are looting the temples. And these temples, there's no auditing, nothing. So therefore, I want to, uh, I want to tell you today that the, the law is totally in favor of the Hindu community in uh, Tamil Nadu. And these 40... 5,000 temples, they have been there too long. The Supreme Court in my Sabanayagar Nataraj temple case said it should be for a short period. I said five, four, uh, three years. They said, no, five years is a good. Five years means they come in, they don't come into the temple. They go to the office, look at the account books, and uh, then put in some new laws. They must have already done the analysis in advance. 
that there has been misappropriation. Now, in future, this misappropriation shouldn't take place. The hundi money should be collected this way and then put, uh, you know, entered in a logbook in this way, etc. All those things and then give it back. This is what is done. Now, I don't blame the people ask me the DMK has done this. And I, I get angry when the BJP people call me up and say, please come, uh, the DMK has done that. I said, what about Uttarakhand? Mr. Modi has ordered, Amit Shah has given the direction that 52 temples, that is 99% of all the temples in Uttarakhand, be taken over by the government. And the chief minister, whoever is the chief minister, it may be tomorrow congressman also, he will be the chairman of, the, of the, all the temples, all 52 temples. So I went to the high court. Now, High Court, the Chief Justice was in a hurry because he was going to retire. So, he gave only a partial relief, but that was the important part. He said the Treasury will not be in the hands of the government. It will be continue to remain in the hands of the Pujaris. So, 50, more than 50% have achieved, but still I have gone in appeal to the Supreme Court saying government has no business to be in this because they never showed a single scrap of evidence to show that there is some misappropriation that has taken place. And so, I uh, will win that very soon, as soon as uh, the court lists my case. But I am saying that today this seems to be like a disease. It is not only DMK, it is also ADMK, it is also Congress, it is also BJP, it is also Samajwadi Party. All of them think that this is a good way to collect money, I think. Because I don't see what else, because they are not religious people. So, therefore, I would say that this is a, a become an epidemic and we have to cure it by fighting for it. It has to be fought because even though I won that case, that Sabha Nayakar Nataraj Temple, of course, after I won it, many people came and said, we also won it. But uh, thanks to, I would like uh, uh, very soon, uh, as I finish this point, uh, our uh, uh, friend um, um, uh, Ramesh uh, to show some pages of the judgment of Sabanayakar uh, Nataraj Temple and show how they have been very clear and specific as to who did this and who's urging they have taken up this case. And uh, because everybody comes and then starts, you know, becoming joining and uh, impleding and, you know, um, asking that their petition also be considered so that if I win, then they also get some credit, that kind of thing. But anyway, um, in a short time, we'll do that. But today, the first part of a siege, the siege is there because you are timid. The Tamils are timid. And it doesn't matter if they are Brahmins or not Brahmins. There's no such thing as a born Brahmin. Lord Krishna has said that in Bhagavad Gita. You have to be a jnani, tyagi, and sahasi. Sahasi means dhairyam. Uh, and dhairyam is also a Sanskrit word. So, these three qualities you have, you are a Brahmin. That's what Krishna says to Arjuna. If you are a fighter and you defend the country and so on, valor and so on, then you are a Kshatriya. If you, um, if you make money for the society, if you earn money and the wealth is uh, beneficial for the society, you are a, you are a Vaishya. If you... Uh, if you, uh, if, if you cultivate the land and produce grain for the people, you are Shudra. None of these are top, bottom, nothing. Brahmins are not on top. 
but they are different groups and each has a respect and it should be treated. This scheduled caste business was a very small thing. It expanded during the Buddhist period and then the Muslim period and the British period, they made it into a, into a thing. The, the DNA of the scheduled caste and the DNA of the, of the, tam, of the Brahmin, so-called Brahmin, I wouldn't say Brahmin, is the same. We are one people and that's what Bhagavad said. I hope people listen at least to Bhagavad, they don't listen to me. I've been saying this for uh, almost three decades. Our DNA is one. There's no Aryan, there's no Dravidian. Dravida means is a Sanskrit word which means Travid, which means where the three coastal lines meet. It's got nothing to do with uh, race or things like that. This is all imagination on the part of the uh, Dravida movement. So, therefore, now I'm saying today that the, you can get rid of this siege if you develop some courage. If you don't, I, I can't develop courage, you need me, then for us from organization, maybe VHS itself, I leave it to Jagdish Shetty and all the, my other associates, uh, Ramesh and so on, and Swami Lion, uh, Swami, Swami Nathan, we was called Swami Lion, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Tejas and so on. There, we got a lot of people. I, I don't mind setting a platform for all the temples and to see that the people who misbehave are put in jail, uh, they are charges, they are charged under the criminal law for mess, messing with us and see that the Hindu religion has the respect it requires. We are not, we are people, we are the only, Hindus are the only religion in the whole world which says all religions lead to God. Will the Islam say that? No. They say my way or the highway, or uh, even uh, cremation ground, not even highway. And what about the um, uh, Christians? They also say either you are a devil, or you are possessed by the devil, or you are with Jesus. So we are the only one who say all religions lead to God. So I mean, there is no need to fear if Hindutva flourishes in our country. So I, I would uh, say this first part, and therefore uh, I, I would say to you today that <clears throat> Uh, we uh, we regard ourselves as only Hindus. Don't talk to this Brahmin, Brahmin, Brahmin. You know, there's no such thing as a Brahmin. If you are a Pujari, you're automatically a Brahmin because you are doing only Jnani and Tyagi work in, in, in the temple. Uh, but, uh, of course, you should also be courageous. You should not be afraid. If somebody comes and said, put your signature here, don't put it. Somebody says, no, you are, go out. Don't go out. Tell it. You pick me up and have the police come and pick me up and throw me, and then you register a case. So the 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 issue is if you are a professor, you become a Brahmin. If you are a military man, you become a Kshatriya. If you are a wealthy, if you are a industrialist, then um, uh, uh, then you are a Vaishya, and then uh, if you are a farmer, you are. This thing. And as far as the scheduled caste are concerned, there is no such thing as a, a scheduled caste born in a scheduled caste family is a scheduled caste. The Valmiki was, uh, was a scheduled caste, but uh, he became a Maharishi, he wrote the Ramayana. So, therefore, you know, all these things have uh, gone into the mind. We need a Hindu renaissance in terms of teaching, but that will come to later. Now, so part one, this is the part one that I wanted. Part two uh, is the way out. What is the way out? I would say that uh, uh, the way out of the immediate problem of changing a chaka, the chief minister has said 
I'm not removing anybody. And even if someone is retiring, I'll go and find, find him some place. Well, I got to see that. I mean, I'm asking for reports. I've asked friends uh, to, who are, uh, you know, who are unidentified to tell me what is really happening. Because I get all these uh, phone calls, people saying, this that is being kicked out, that's been... I said, you show me, if somebody else has been appointed, show me a photograph of the uh, geo. Was there a geo issued? Otherwise, how was he sent there? How was he replaced? Uh, and the person, the uh, Pujari who, who was kicked out, he should give a, a written complaint to me. These are the things that I need. I need documents. I can't go to court and say, and eh, this is happening. Nobody, no court will listen to me. They will, in fact, uh, laugh at me and throw me out. I need documentation. So documentation is if any Pujari is being removed without a show cause notice, without a uh, uh, the, without a uh, you know uh, a documentation that this show cause notice led to this, and then there was an inquiry, and the inquiry found such and such thing that this man doesn't do, it and removed him. And then, if you are going to appoint another pujari, advertise it in the newspaper. Yeah, I can't. Uh, it can't be decided by Mr. Stalin or uh, Mr. Um, uh, uh, whoever is the what uh, the uh, HR and D minister. Uh, forget his name. Uh, all, these people can't decide. No, now the collector can decide, anybody can. You have to advertise it. Otherwise, you can't. And secondly, why are you there? You have been too long. I can show you that if you have been there more than four years, you, you have to get out. I can have a separate petition for each. Actually, that Savanayaka judgment was enough. And uh, this, uh, this, 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 unfortunately, uh, we have... Uh, um, uh, not followed, and for each temple we have to do it now because the temples don't, uh, the state government don't listen. They know, go to court, we will not agree. Ooh, Supreme Court, we interpreted it differently, this kind of thing. But slowly they are beginning to do that, even the uh, Padmanabha Swami temple. Originally they said, no, 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 how can it apply here? It applies only there. Then when I showed them the paragraph, it says it's a general proposition. They no, no, that is only for denomination temple. Then now they have come around and um, uh, they have created a committee to go into how the transition can take place. Then finally, the court asked me in Kerala, oh, who shall we return it to? And in the case of Savanayagar, it was very easy. The Pujaris were uh, uh, the, the Dikshitas. They, it was snatched from them. So they were still around. So it was given to them. But in the case of um, uh, Padma Swami Temple, who built it? The Raja, the, the, the royalty, the Travancore royalty, they built it. So I said, you give it back to them. So then they said, but they are uh, in, the, in the constitution, in the, the government has passed a constitutional amendment de-recognizing de all Rajas, Ranis. Uh, so how can we do it? But you know, these things now are being worked out. So I'm saying no temple can be more, I will put a larger margin, five years. If, if the government is in charge of it five years, it has to quit. And for that, if necessary, we'll have a, a, a separate petition in the Supreme Court with a lot of the sadhus, sannyasis, top ones uh, all over the country, the four Shankaracharyas, all of them, they sign it and I'll argue the matter. So that's another matter. But I first want all of you 
all these uh, people in Tamil Nadu have some guts, you see. I can understand if Guru Murthy goes and hides because he has always been that type of man. But why should the ordinary people be afraid? And don't be only Brahmins, the Tevas, they are much more religious than us. Mutramalinga Tevar was a, such a religious man, you see. And he used to say, one eye is for my Anmika uh, Tanam and the other was, is for my um, for, 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 uh, for, for my for my nationalism. So, I mean, these people, there are these communities, you should bring them. Forget this Brahmin Brahmin business. Uh, make it Hindu. It should be a Hindu movement. And uh, if you are a Jnani and Tyagi and a Sahasi or a Nirbhai or Dairyam, uh, then you are a Brahmin. Take it like that. So, but don't make that as an issue. It's a Brahmin versus non-Brahmin. All that is all Bakwas nonsense, which the DMK and the British uh, brainwash them to think. So let us now move in the forward in the sense of uh, of uh, of uh, of clearing the, uh, the 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 law for the government to get out from the temp uh, from the temples, and so therefore I would say that there are a number of judgments. See, when I was law minister in 1991, uh, there was a temple in uh, in uh, in Tanjavur which was closed down. And uh, it was an Atraj temple. So, um, uh, uh, you know, there, there was a lock and there was no chaukita, nothing, nobody was there to pay them. All that. So, what happened is that a farmer uh, one day uh, was, uh, you know, plowing his field and he hit a, uh, 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 you know, a sound which showed that some iron is there. So, he dug it up and he found that the temple's Nataraj. Somebody, in order to protect it, had buried it. So he took it out and he was so pleased, he put it in his house and he boasted about it. Then out of the blue, there was news spread. And so people came to him and uh, some of them were smugglers. So they said, you know, we'll give you 25,000 rupees. You give it to us. So he gave it. They took it, uh, smuggled it to uh, London. And then there was a Sothavi, there's a very famous institution called Sothavi, they held an auction and they were about to sell it for a huge amount. I mean, the equivalent of three crores. And there's Nagaswami, one of your people who was called by the uh, court to, uh, uh, to give them, you know, the education on this. And they, they have also appreciated it in the judgment. So Nagaswami has also addressed our VHS meetings. Uh, so what happened is that um, I, I became uh, a law minister and Rajiv Gandhi told me, he said, I had filed the case, now you, you conclude it. So I, I took interest and I was surprised to see, thanks to Nagaswami's uh, pleadings, that the English Supreme Court, what is called the House of Lords, the equivalent of House of Lords, in the Queen's Bench, they adopted it because there was no challenge and said, if a temple has been constructed by Prana Pratishta Puja, that condition is there, then it is always a temple, whether it is in ruins, whether it has been demolished, whether it is anything. Once you have constructed it by Prana Pratishta Puja, 
it shall remain a temple always, which is an argument, by the way, I used in Ram Temple. I said that uh, it, it, this is where Ram was born. There's no other place in India where Ram was born. So therefore, this is my, my fundamental right to pray where Ram was born. Earlier on, uh, they were, they, all the fight was, this is a walk-up board property, or whether it is, uh, uh, it is uh, some uh, uh, trustee's property. So I brought in this new angle, and that's how the case started moving. And uh, ultimately, we got on the basis of faith, uh, we got the entire Ram Jammu-Bombi. Of course, now Modi and others can claim. But Modi filed a petition with the help of Mr. Gurumurthy to say, all the land which Narsimha Rao had nationalized so that he could build a temple, we want to return it to the people. Fortunately, the Supreme Court ignored that petition. And so we went through and won the case. So uh, today, um, I, I'm, I want to tell you that it is well known that if a temple is built on Pranapatishta Puja, even if an MLA demolishes it and builds his house, his house will be demolished because once a, such a temple is built, it is always a temple. So we have to find out which are the temples which have been demolished and find out uh, whether it was built with Prana Prashita Puja and uh, then we can see that it is restored. And those which are with the government and they are more than four or five years, we can make a special application to the Supreme Court saying, your judgment said this. But you see what is happening here. Now, uh, um, I think um, uh, both this, um, uh, now let me look, uh, start discussing the judgment of the famous judgment. And you can see, uh, thanks to our friend um, Ramesh, he has extracted it from the SCC. 2014 is the judgment. Uh, the volume of SCC is five Supreme Court cases. That's the name of the volume, seven, page 75. And it was before Dr. B.S. Chauhan, uh, one, a judge, senior judge, and S.A. Bobde, who later became Chief Justice. And my civil appeal number is 10620 of 2013, Subramaniam Swami versus the state of Tamil Nadu. Nobody else's name is there. So all those people who claim they did it, they did it, you just tell them to go to hell. In paragraph 4, there were others who filed it. But the court didn't give them much importance. But the paragraph 4 in the judgment says, for the convenience in addressing the parties deciding the appeal. And deciding. By the way, even Sabanayakar, Temple's Dikshitar also filed it afterwards I filed. First they were not going to file. Then Dayanand Saraswati made me file. After that, when they found I filed, they also came because some lawyer must have caught them and said, oh, I'll file for you. But anyway, they also filed, but they are not mentioned. Uh, Deciding away, we have taken civil appeal number 10620 of 2013 as the leading appeal. That is mine. The facts and circumstances give rise to appeal as under Sri Chidamban after in the existence such times of immemorial and been administered for a long time. So it's very clear that this is uh, something that I, uh, with the blessings of Swami Dayanand Saraswati, otherwise it could never happen. It's a miracle, <laughs> me coming all of a sudden in at Supreme Court level without going to the High Court level. Uh, no Supreme Court will entertain it. But anyway, they entertained it and said, 
it will be considered leading it. Now, next page, uh, I mean, next uh, paragraph, paragraph 65. Now, this is very important. Please read every word. Even if the management of a temple is taken over to remedy the evil, which is the evil, what uh, every day only talking about, oh, misappropriation of money, this happened, the Pujari is run away with the gold, all that nonsense is uh, constantly we see in the newspaper. It's all right, there's some evil. So, remove. To remedy that evil, you are taking over the management. You are not going to be a pujari. You can't decide who is the pujari. Uh, you have nothing to do with the religion. And all these non-believers in religion, why are they wanting to uh, interfere with who is going to be the pujari, who is not going to be the pujari? The management must be handed over to the person concerned immediately after the evil stands remedied. You remedy it and return it back. Continuation thereafter would tantamount to usurpation of their proprietary rights or violation of the fundamental rights guaranteed by the constitution in the favor of the persons deprived. So this is the um, uh, very clear. And then it goes on to say, therefore, taking over the management circle must be for a limited period. I had said at that time, uh, make it three years. They said five years, but they didn't put it in the thing. So, yeah, fair enough, because there's no, no point putting hard and fast rules which you can't keep except by adjusting here there. So, a limited period. It can't be, um, for instance, uh, uh, Tirupati has been taken over in 1933. That means what? Uh, 86 or, uh, you know, uh, 88 years <laughs> it has been in government hands. So, that is not a limited period. That's such an expo. Order requires to be considered strictly as it infringes on the fundamental rights of the citizens, would amount to divesting them of their legitimate rights to manage and administer temples for an indefinite period. We have the view that the impugned order, that is the Kalanidhi's order on Sabha Nayaka, is liable to be set aside for the failure to prescribe the duration for which it will be enforced. So now I will write a letter to the uh, HR and CE department, uh, who have the minister, uh, Shekhar Babu or something like that, I think. Uh, he would, I'll tell him, please tell me how long more you want to give these temples. If he doesn't give it, I'll go to court. If he says, uh, I will take another uh, 50 years, then also I'll go to court. If he says, I am uh, doing it, uh, I'll do it within the next four years, uh, then I'll say, you already taken so much time, uh, but anyway, we'll give you four more years, um, provided you show us uh, progress along the four years. You give us a, a report every six months as to what you have done, so that we know you're moving in that direction. We have the view that the impugned order is liable to be set aside for failure to prescribe the duration for which it will be enforced. So if you take over a temple without showing the duration <coughs> for which you have taken it, then it is illegal. Then it goes on further. Supersession, paragraph 66. Supersession of rights of administration cannot be of a permanent, enduring nature. Its life has to be reasonably fixed so that it is coterminous with the removal of the consequences of the maladministration. That as soon as you have fixed the maladministration, you have to return it right away. The reason is that the objective to take over the management and administration is not the removal and replacement of the existing administration, 
but to rectify and stump out the consequences of maladministration. Power to regulate does not mean power to supersede the administration. So this the whole thing about removing the administration and taking it over, sorry you can't do it. All you can do is say this has happened, we have held an inquiry, this is the report of the inquiry and we will ask for the uh, opinion of the uh, pujaris. And if they are, don't give a satisfactory, we will take it over. And the pujaris can then go to court and challenge it, saying that this is all arbitrary and all that. So it is very clear it has to be for a small fixed period, a small period, and it must be based only not to administer the temple, but only it has to be for setting right a wrong that has happened. And if somebody has done a criminal act, then to punish him, of course. But this is the uh, thing. Now, uh, there's one more paragraph, I think, 69. Yeah. We would like to bring on record various instances whereby mismanagement, maladministration, misappropriation alleged to have been committed by Pudu Dikshitas have been brought to our notice. That's what Karuna Nidhi did. He had some phobia about this, you see. Uh, and yeah, I'm, it must come into my hands. And we have not gone into those issues since we have come to the conclusion that the power under the 1959 Act, which is the Act under which they are taking, for appointment executive officer, could not have been exercised in the absence of any prescription of circumstances, conditions in which such an appointment may be made. We just can't make it because you feel like it. You have to have a report to say that the finances are being misappropriated or something. More so, the order of appointment does not disclose as for what reason, under what circumstances, his appointment was necessitated. Even otherwise, the order in which no period of its operation is prescribed is not sustainable, being ex facie uh, illegal, unjust. So, um, therefore, in my opinion, uh, it is very clear. All four lakh temples in the hands of the Tamil Nadu government have to be taken out of the Tamil Nadu government. If they can't find the original um, trustees of it, then you should give it to the Hindu Dharma Acharya Sabha, which um, uh, Mr. Uh, with, uh, which uh, Swami Dayanand Saraswati set it up, or some other body, more you call all Tamil Nadu sadhus and sannyasi to a conference and say, you please take it, and therefore, this is the way to go about it. I would say today that whatever the DMK is doing, I must, of course, get proof that they are doing all the things that they are accused of. Every day I get a phone call, they are doing this, they are doing that, but no proof. And then we have the chief minister making a statement that we will not remove anybody. And uh, if we are uh, if we are uh, appointing anybody, which also is illegal, they can't they can't appoint pujaris. They are, uh, how can uh, people who don't believe in God want to appoint pujaris? This is a new one. Uh, anyway, they can't. But he said this much that he's not going to remove anybody. Okay. If anybody is removed, I must have proof. I get phone call. This man is removed. That man is removed. And, oh my God! They all feel in panic. I say, well, did he get a dismissal order? No. The, has he got a dismissal? No. Has the GO been published on it? No. Then how do I go to court and say that they have removed him? 
no, no, he is now not able to come. That means he is a coward. Let him come, ask the police that I am not being allowed to enter the temple. Please escort me there. Or he can tell me, I will call up the governor and tell him, please do it. I mean, I'll request him, he's my friend, so I can't tell him, do it. But this is the way to do it, the people's power. But Tamil Nadu is full of boneless wonders. And uh, I don't want you, I don't want to hear all this Brahmin, Brahmin business. We, I want only Hindu. Or for me, all of the same. In fact, Mutraman Gitiva, whose photograph people have mentioned is in my room. That Muthuram Lingateva is much more religious than all the Brahmins combined. And he used to speak on it too. So therefore, Hindu is all I am interested in. And if any Hindu is, 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 is going to um, be troubled because he is a Hindu, then I will come into the picture. If a Brahmin, then how do I know somebody is a Tata, Tata um, uh, company, a director and he says he is a Brahmin. How can you be a Brahmin when you are in Tata company? That is not the work of a Brahmin. Yes, if you are a journalist or if you are a teacher or you are a person, <coughs> excuse me, living on your mental faculties uh, or you are uh, a preacher, you are a, 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 a pujari, all those are definitely Brahmins. So, therefore, this is what Lord Krishna says. I am not saying this. It is there in Bhagavad Gita. In uh, go to there are three chapters in which Krishna has repeated that it is not it is not got to do with birth. It is the gunas. It is the place where you are working. It's your karmas. These are the things uh, it said, and that's why Vishwamitra was born in a Kshatriya family. He became a Maharishi, and he was Brahmin of Brahmins. You see, and the same thing with Valmiki. He was in a Shrikas family. Became a Maharishi. Then Vedavyasa, his mother was a fisherwoman. Then Kalidasa, the greatest poet we have produced, he was a Vanvasi, he was cutting branches of trees when he was uh, taken and given an education and he became a Maharishi. So, where is it saying that you have to be born in a particular family and then only you can be a Brahmin? No. Brahmin is a guna and Kshatriya is a guna, Raisha is a guna and um, 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 uh, Sudhas are gunas and scheduled castes also guna, but that's a temporary thing. The moment uh, the children are born, they can be anything according to which gunas they adopt. So, therefore, scheduled castes uh, should be you know, a very small number, but it has grown because of the uh, Islamic and the British period where they deliberately wanted to defame the Hindu religion. So, they, they brought them up. But Ambedkar knew it. But Jawaharlal Nehru made Ambedkar's life so miserable that he became bitter in the end. But otherwise, Ambedkar's writings on Hinduism is one of the classics, right from 1966 in, uh, in Columbia University. And he got a degree in PhD in economics in Columbia, went to London, went to London school, got a DSC. Then he went uh, and got a law degree, then came and Sardar Patel and uh, Rajendra Prasad, Sardar Patel was the chairman of the uh, committee for uh, fundamental rights of in creating the constitution and uh, uh, Rajendra Prasad was the president. Both of them told him, you are the best person for amendments. You be the chairman of the, the drafting committee. So he was the chairman, uh, Ambedkar was the chairman of the drafting committee. And so naturalistic, when he was asked to move the article 370, on Kashmir, he said, I am not a traitor, I will not move it. 
So Jawaharlal Nehru went hunting for Ananta Gopal Sami Aingar and brought him to move the uh, the amendment for 370. So therefore, these are people who have demonstrated by their life work that they qualify to be Brahmins. So you have to qualify to be a Brahmin. You can't be born a Brahmin. So don't uh, please don't address me. The Brahmins are in trouble. And yes, if we, if DMK targets a Brahmin because he's a Brahmin, like they did for that school, then I'll intervene. I will say that okay, let's have a fight. But then he backed off. He said, no, 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 no. It's only that teacher, and he was not even a Brahmin. That teacher, by the by the old uh, definition, and so the whole thing fizzled out. I. I I'm happy at least uh, the chief minister responds whenever I speak. And, uh, you know, I, I think that that's how in a democracy it should be. I may be his enemy, I may be his enemy politically, but that doesn't mean that I have to be in confrontation necessary. But if he wants a confrontation, uh, well, I will not uh, back off. So, therefore, today I am saying to all of you, you have no problem. You don't know the law. You have, that's why you have become so weak. Learn the law and be brave and nothing will happen to you. And I'll certainly stand by all of you when you need my help in getting the matter processed and finalized. Thank you very much, uh, uh, Mr. Jagdish Sethi and, uh, and um, uh, Ramesh and all the other colleagues who have made this possible. I think this is a very, very important topic and I should certainly be pursuing this. So, doc, thank you, Dr. Swami. Um, maybe can you say a few words in Tamil? They're basically the affected people. How would they basically, you know, what do they need to do? Like what you said, if the priest is getting thrown out or not, what do they need to do? Pujari, ஓடிப்படுவ <laughs> No, sir. So, so the, my first question was this: the uh, according to the constitution, right? The, under the uh, uh, you know, it says charities, charitable institutions, charitable religious endowment, religious. They are under the concurrent list. So, my first question is: why can't the BJP government at the center pass <laughs> and say? It's gone, cancelled. There are no endowments, nothing. Is it possible? And why can't they do it? If they are taking over temples, how do you expect them to uh, weaken that? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Modi has betrayed all of us by that action. Okay, uh, but you know, uh, it's not. Uh, it's not going to be permanent. We'll. We'll. We'll see. We'll, we'll, he will have to either do it or face the consequences of what he has done. Because this is a. A blow to all of us. You see, others are not so expressive as me, but uh, I am. I am a man who believes in democracy. You must speak your, your mind. Let the people know. And this is uh, 
So there, yeah, I agree uh, that. Uh, and what's it? Why they have the such big fat volumes? I don't understand. Just a simple one geo is enough. Saying that any uh, temple found to be misappropriating, and if it misappropriating the funds of the temple, and is proved to be prima facie correct, then the uh, the government is entitled to appoint a officer to conduct an inquiry into the finances, and after rectifying it and punishing the necessary people, uh, I mean, giving the names of the people who have to be punished. Return it to the trustees. Okay. Why only temples, Doctor Swami? Because I raised this issue once with the Supreme Court. Why I am uh, Hindu being targeted? Why this uh, Christians have uh, got no such, uh, 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 you know, such act? Why the Muslims have no act? They said we have not stopped you. Is there any place where uh, you can give me a? Misappropriation of accounts, they say, like a church, or a, you come to us, and we will direct that the government uh, prepare a, uh, a an act to deal with such matters. I have not been able to get a single thing. They are so well protected with each other. These Christians and the churches and the wakab uh, uh, boards and all. Mm -hmm. That no one dares to give me any uh, papers. So they're very well united, and the Hindus are not. That's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You so are. it is. It is. It is ironic that we call ourselves the undivided Hindu family, but we are the most <laughs> divided. <laughs> we are not even a family. <laughs> okay, Jagdish Singh, go ahead. Doctor Swami, some of our viewers like to know what has happened in the central government. On the Rama Setu being declared as a national <laughs> heritage monument. Yeah. This is another problem that I'm having with Modi. Uh, <clears throat> see, I, in um, 19, uh, as it was, uh, yes, it was, uh, no, 2006 uh, in Madras High Court, I filed two petitions. One, uh, that the Setu Samudran project cannot touch Ram Setu. And two, that the Ram Setu should be declared as a, uh, as a heritage monument, a national heritage monument, which means the government will take care of it and see, and it can't be touched for lifetime. And uh, there's an act for it, ancient, uh, ancient uh, monuments and uh, uh, archaeological remains or something like that. There's an act of 1958 which describes five or six. Uh, minimum conditions for declaring anything as a national heritage monument and uh, one of them is it should be more than 100 years old of course ram setu is <laughs> thousands and thousands of years old so a ram setu qualifies all that so then uh, uh, i uh, my high court thing where the notice was issued and uh, stay was uh, not stay but uh, the notice was issued the Tamil Nadu government and DMK government got frightened and they asked for a transfer of my case to uh, to Supreme Court where they thought that uh, Chief Justice Balakrishnan will be sympathetic to the idea of uh, allowing economic development to prevail over religion. Unfortunately, the Supreme Court took my side and uh, I got a stay. And then I argued, I won the case. 
the question then became what about these um, this uh, declaring it as a, a monument so the court said okay uh, we have so far concentrated on this saving the ramsetu now we will issue a notice to the government and now i'm now talking about 2009 uh, we'll issue a notice to the government then our government came and uh, i met modi and he said ah bol dijiye to hamare culture minister ko and there was a man called uh, sharma who was very good man he was removed later on i don't know why uh, he he prepared uh, began preparing papers then he was removed then another uh, first class minister came pralad patel of madhya pradesh and he called a meeting of all the officials and i sat in the i was invited to the meeting and he then uh, um, asked the officers there is this question that question i satisfied all of them a report was prevent, uh, prepared and in 2017 after several reminders from the supreme court this report was taken by pralad patel by himself and given to the pm and the pm is sitting on it i've written him 20 letters it's lying on your desk all you have to do is sign because everything has been done by your minister and now find the minister is removed <laughs> <Don't> no <know. laughs> why not for ram setu i hope but anyway uh, we are now going to get a new minister we got a new minister i think um, uh, perhaps he's from andhra or something and uh, not andhra telangana and uh, um, i'll have to go again to him and explain i uh, i appealed to, to the supreme court when bobley was there saying that this has been pending for so long so he said okay notice issued a oh, public court he said notice issued and listed for april 26 april 26 the thing has disappeared then again what it listed again it gets disappeared i don't know what's happening in the registry <laughs> who's who, who's this bright fellow who after it has been announced that it will be heard on such and such day it just gets in the in the cause list it doesn't appear so i think there's some thing that this should not be done maybe mr amit shah is always this feeling that credit should not go to me because once when i was fire um you know arguing the ram se mandir case he told me ab ho gaya bahut i got it listed by a new argument and then he calls me to his house and tells me you know you come out of it i don't want any bjp people in it and uh, i said sorry uh, ashok singhal before he died he caught my hand and said promise to me that you will take it up that's how i took it up now i'm not going to listen to anybody else because this is a promise i've made to him I continue and then, then of course you know that when the um, uh, foundation stone was laid uh, my name was uh, you know struck out i couldn't be invited i was not been invited i have not been told so maybe on that also this ram setu why should he get the credit this must be the problem otherwise what is the reason i don't know so i have uh, decided now to get a little aggressive with the supreme court and uh, uh, and uh, get it listed and uh, strictures passed um so that's going to be my effort i don't know whether i will be able to pass it or not but i'm going to try so therefore there must be some reason why lord rama is not allowed this to happen i don't know <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it is lord rama who brought me here <laughs> and somebody told me who is a ram bhakt that 
I'm having visions that you will be in this case, Ram Mandir case, and out of the blue, Ashok Singhal asked me, and then I get into this case. So I, I think that it's very sad that for petty reasons, this um, and you know there's no there's no masjid there, there's no church there. So what's the difficulty in declaring it as a national heritage monument? In that case, what will happen is the government will look after it, see that it doesn't deteriorate, sees that it is renovated sees that it's properly connected to Sri Lanka so that people can walk there because there Rajapaksha when I told him about it, he went and renovated Ashok Patika where Sita was kept prisoner, Ravan's palace and Sanjivini mountain which, uh, which you can see a mountain there with the vegetation of, of, of the Himalayas, not of uh, Sri Lanka there. So all these so that you know tourists will be able to come and see all that. So all that is ready. So uh, that is where it is. So Dr. Swami, coming to this uh, Tamil Archaka issue, I mean, as you rightly said, there is no hard evidence that has been provided to you in the sense that you know nobody has either given you a document that has been signed by the government or a video of this thing happening, I understand. But in one of the uh, notices that have been issued, I mean, there has been some errors in the sense that Instead of assigning a Vaishnava to a Shaiva, they have been assigning a Vaishnava to a Shaiva temple, a Shaiva to a Vaishnava. There's some confusion. But yes, as you said, somebody needs to document this, put it to you so that you can take this. Otherwise, yeah. I, I completely understand you can't just go to court with no evidence. You'll be laughed at. I, I won't even have to go to court. I'll go to the police saying that these people have violated the law. How can they appoint a Chaka? Who the hell are they? Hmm. They have been elected to govern the country, not to govern temples. So I, I would say that uh, get aggressive. I'm warning uh, Mr. Uh, 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 you know Stalin, <clears throat> um, what a name, uh, that please don't allow your ministers to go issue notices like this. You have very limited scope and that scope is only to examine the, whether there's been corruption or not. You can't appoint a Archaka. You can't remove a Archaka, leave alone, leaving a, you can't even appoint one. And if there's a vacancy, oh, put out a geo. If you don't want the pujaris to select somebody from their own uh, ranks, you see. But you can't um, do it. And I am asking, give me an appointment letter or give me a dismissal letter. I will go to the police station. Mm. Under 295, I'll file a case against uh, Stalin and that uh, uh, whatever Babu name is uh, he has. I, I'll give it to him. But all are, they all behave as if the British are still ruling India. And one of the statements is saying that, oh, no, this is not a legacy issue. We should not have, you know, the father, the forefather should not be. So what, what is talent? What is talent in Karnadidi and what? Yeah, so, yeah. Legacy is not valid for politicians, but for temples. <laughs> I agree. They say, oh, this shouldn't be for Brahmins. Who's a Brahmin? Anyone who is a Pajari is a Brahmin. What will you do? Tomorrow Done in the you... proper way. Educated. Go to a school. Learn the proper ah, way. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, all yeah. these are barbarians. I'm sorry to say. Hmm. But uh, yeah. you got uh, all uh, all your uh, Brahmin, so-called Brahmin intellectuals. They're all pussycats. The only the remark they know whenever I speak is "ayo yo." There, Doctor Swami. I, it's just that, sadly, as you said, the Britishers have made 
Brahmin spineless people, essentially spineless. May, the, may them clerks. <laughs> clerks. I hope after listening to what you just said today, at least a few, at least uh. four, five of them have the guts. Go per law. We're not asking them to go and start destroying stuff or anything like that. File a case, file a writ petition, file a case in your police station. If you have been aggrieved, follow the law and you're going to win. Now, I would say I'll go on a particular day to Madras. Let the one of the pujaris come and give me an affidavit. Okay. I'll have lawyers ready. They will have the. Uh, they will prepare the affidavit. They won't have to, uh, you know, go to any lawyer. And that's it. The next thing I'll do is go to the police station and uh, file a case under 295. That's and if they don't, point. if the police don't, because they say, oh, oh, oh chief minister, how we can, then I'll go to court. Absolutely. Think they're not registering my complaint. Well, here you go, viewers. I mean, in Tamil Nadu, the priest or Rachakas were watching this. You don't have a better opportunity than this. All these Tamils have been watching uh, um, uh, these Rajinikanth films, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they only live in this imagination. <laughs> so, uh, all the. Okay, Dr. Jaktishi, go ahead. Ramesh, complete your sentence on the appeal to the priest. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Um, in uh, Tamil Nadu, Dr. Swami Swami in the affidavit, Yeri, the driver sent Dr. Swami order, uh, address Lamukitian Largo, Seven Dr. Swami Friends, with this we come to an end of another very interesting uh, discussion with Dr. Swami where he expressed his views and uh, gave us the way out of the issues which are now in Tamil Nadu and I thank all our viewers and especially I note that on one uh, social media that is YouTube, the uh, the amount of viewers which are constant viewing is a large number. And I thank our viewers across the globe for watching this program on all our social media channels. As you know, we are virtually on six to seven social media channels like Periscope, Twitter, Periscope, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Spaces, Clubhouse, uh, and YouTube, as you know. So we thank for you for our cooperation. But as Ramesh Swamiji, my uh, my colleague, has mentioned, Dr. Swami has told you all to contact our VHS representative, that is Madam Chandraleka, who is the president of Virat Hindustan Sangam Tamil Nadu, and other office bearers. There are many in many districts also. Then there is Madan Raj, who will be available in our uh, Chennai office, which is at Mailapur, uh, one uh, three Papanasam Shivan Salai. So
so you can contact them and give all the documents what dr swami has been requesting for last few days and especially in the program in a form of an affidavit so we can pursue the matter lot of individuals and organizations have sent us information but what we require is exact documents affidavits so that we can dr swami can pursue the matter legally and as you have seen the extensive remarks of the supreme court in the chidambaram uh, town nataraj temple case we can also have such orders obtained but emotional emotion and legal thing have to be separated you cannot be just emotional and not be having a legal papers and background because courts will believe in the documents that are produced so with this remark it is thanking my co-host ramesh swami our founder president of virat hindustan sangam dr swami and our technical team led by ashish shetty vishal mehta uh, ishwar ayer tejas navalgol swami nathan and uh, gadgi rakesh for their support to put this program together we will be next sunday at 8 pm on another interesting topic for the benefit of our viewers and members across the globe jai hind and dhanyawad